Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. You can all stand with me. Turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And while you are turning there, I just want to preface this entire message tonight. Uh, Brother TJ, him and I, we chatted earlier in the week, and I was really excited about a certain message that I was going to, that I felt the Lord was asking me to speak to the church body, and it was until last night that I felt differently, and I put together the message this afternoon. And so being fully transparent, it may not be everything as polished as a three-point sermon and a perfect uh, perfect exhortation of what, what we're doing here, but I will say I do feel led by God to teach on this. Um, and you know this whole this whole month of when uh, this whole month in August we're not doing our Bible studies on Wednesday night, and so tonight it may go a little slower. We're going to be looking at the Word of God, and I think that's obviously all right for us, being a, being the fact that we believe in the Word of God. And so tonight we're going to look at the Word of God, and I just want to say quickly that this the subject that God has brought upon my heart it has nothing to do with the situation that's taking place in the church. If there if there's anything going on, so if you feel like I'm just you know hitting right on you, I, I, it's nothing that I know of anyways. I'll put it that way. Uh, But Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, when you're there, say, I'm there. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And now I I personally prefer the uh, NIV version of this scripture. It explains it a little bit better, but it says in uh, the NIV, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And so with the help of the Lord tonight, I'm going to just speak on a, a topic that is, it might be a little more uh, in our faces tonight, but just so we're clear, I'm quoting a lot of scripture. This is not John Brom speaking. This is the word of God speaking to us tonight. And so uh, I'll be speaking on the words of mass destruction, words of mass destruction. Give your neighbor a high five. Tell him it's good to see him in the house of God tonight. You may be seated. Amen. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. In ancient Greece, 469 to 399 BC, Socrates was widely lauded for his wisdom. One day, the great philosopher came upon an acquaintance who ran up to him excitedly and said, Socrates, do you know what I just heard about one of your students? Wait a moment, Socrates replied. Before you tell me, I'd like, to, I'd like you to pass just a little test. It's called the triple filter test. Triple, triple filter, what is that? He's like, that's right. Before you talk to me about my student, let's take a moment to filter what you're going to say. The first filter is truth. Have you made absolute sure that what you are about to tell me is true? Well, no, the man said. Actually, I just heard about it just a little bit ago, and I just wanted to make sure you knew about it. All right, said Socrates, so you, really, you, you don't really know if it's true or not. Now let's try the second filter, the filter of goodness. Is what you're about to tell me about my student doing something good? He's like, no, on the contrary, it's actually it's quite the opposite. This is a pretty negative report. Well, uh, so Socrates replied, he says, okay, well, you want, me to, you want to tell me something bad about him, even though you're not 100% sure it's true. 
The man shrugs, uh, slightly embarrassed, and thinking, man, why did I go up to Socrates on this? And Socrates continues, he says, okay, you, you, you know, you may still pass the test, though, because there's still a third filter, the filter of usefulness. Is what you want to tell me about my student going to be useful to me? Well, not really, actually. Well, concluded Socrates, he said, if what, if what you want to tell me is neither true nor good nor even useful, why would you tell it to me at all? The man was defeated and ashamed, and you know, uh, truthfully, the, this is the reason why Socrates was, was known as a great philosopher, and he was held in such high esteem, but he called it the triple filter test. Is it true, number one? Is it good, number two? And is it useful, number three? And I think we can solve a whole lot of family issues, a whole lot of church issues by following that a simple thing where we're talking about the three filters right there. Is it true, is it good, or is it, is it useful? Matthew chapter 15, verse 10, it says, uh, And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth the man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they had heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone, they be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, declare unto us this parable. Please, please, Lord, tell us a little bit more about this parable. What are you trying to say? And Jesus says, are you also yet without understanding? Do, do you not understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. Everyone say heart. And they defile the man. For out of the heart, everyone say heart. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, uh, blasphemes. These are all the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. If you, if you go to the very first portion of the scripture, they were, they were upset that they were not washing their hands before eating. And now I will, I will say it's probably a good idea to still to wash your hands before you eat. Can I get an amen from anyone here? All right. But he says in that ver last verse, these are the things which defile a man. These are the things. And where does it come from? It comes from the heart. The things that come out of the mouth, they come from the heart. It's as if the mouth has, is a stethoscope for the heart. If you want to see what's inside your heart, just listen to what's coming out of your mouth. You can figure out what's inside by what's becoming or what's coming outside. In, un, in other words, those moments when you do or say something, then you take a step back and say, oh, I did not mean to say that, or I have no idea where that came from. All I can say is Jesus says, I know where that came from. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaketh. And tonight I'm going to be speaking, I'm, I'm teaching, we're, it's going to be a teaching, preaching, and we're gonna see what, we'll, we'll see what happens here tonight. Uh, I hope you're, you're just gracious to me tonight to, to share this with you because understanding I'm not a perfect man. I have said things that I regret saying. I have done things I regret uh, doing, right? So we all understand that we're all sinners saved by Christ, and I thank God for that. But tonight I want to break down this principle about what is in our heart. What are the things that are, that are coming out of our mouth? We realize they come from our actual heart. 
However, we at times we develop a filter that, you know, we, we kind of have developed over time to kind of keep our behavior in check. And if your heart is truly unruly on the inside, every once in a while your heart will just pierce that filter and something's, something's going to come out of your mouth and, or your behavior that's evidence of what's going on in your heart. And we, we, we try to put facades on at different times when we're trying to do certain things. And God's like, okay, at some point you're going to slip up. That filter's going to break and you're going to say something you regret saying. And then you're going to say, why? did I say that? Or why did I go do that? And again, God's going to say, I, I know where that came from. Jesus said, for out of the heart, everyone say heart, out of the heart come evil thoughts. This was counterintuitive. People think my thoughts come from my brain and my brain is sending the signal down to my mouth to speak. But really, Jesus is saying it comes from the heart. All these evil thoughts are coming from the heart. If you have evil thoughts towards someone, it's because you have something evil in your heart. We understand the principles that Scripture is laying out here. And uh, sometimes we say, well, I have an evil thought sometimes, or I, 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 I think these thoughts every once in a while, but I monitor my behavior, and I, I don't act on these things. Pastor, listen, I, I, have a, I have a lot of ideas. I understand there's a lot of things in my heart, but listen... I just think them, I don't do them. Or I just think them, I don't say them. The Bible is very clear. The Lord knows our heart. He knows the intentions of our heart. And so when you realize Jesus is talking strictly to his disciples and he's saying, listen, out of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. What's in your heart is going to come out eventually. And it's a warning to them to realize that we got to worry more about what's going on on the inside than what's going on on the outside. What things are we taking in? What are the things that are happening that we are feeding into our brain, into our soul, into our life? We're, we're allowing these things into our heart, into our mind, and then we're soul, and we're saying, it's okay because it's just a movie, or it's just a song, or it's just this, or it's just that. But the Bible is warning us today to, to make sure we care about what's going on in our heart, what's going on in our mind, in our soul. God is asking us to care about that. Even if we don't act on it, Obviously, it's good to not act on the things that we think in our mind and our heart, but truly we got to realize there's something deeper that is going on. There's something else that is taking place inside of our heart. Jesus said, for out of the heart come evil thoughts. He says, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, sorry, theft, false testimony, slander. He says, all these things come out of your heart. Murder comes out of your heart. You know, we've all seen a documentary. We've all heard the stories of how could so-and-so do that or how could they do that to that person and you know, what, what made him snap at some point. And we realize it's a problem with the heart. We realize there's something deep down inside of the person where they are, they're, 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 there's some moral issue that's, uh, that they've allowed to stay into their heart, into their mind and their soul and is staying there. But I find it interesting that he ends that scripture, uh, in that passage of scripture, where he talks about a false testimony and, and a slander. He talks about false testimony, and you know, the truth is, if you have, if you have the, the, the uh, desire to share a false testimony, or it's known as gossiping in 2022, if we have that desire in our heart, in our, in our, in our, in our mind, we realize that simply we, we truly have jealousy inside of our heart. When we have the desire to gossip, we have, a, we have the desire to, spell, uh, to spread false, false information about so-and-so or whatever it might be, it's at, the, at the end of the day, it's just jealousy. I want to feel better about me, so I'm going to tear you down. 
I want to feel better about what I have, so I'm going to criticize what you have. I want to feel better about me, and when you're around, I don't feel as good about me. And the only way to make me feel better about me is to say something to to people so they don't feel as good about you. It's jealousy. And this, this, I I did pray to God that he he would not make me teach this tonight, but here we are. We have God to use that triple filter test in our life. Is it true? Is it good? Is it useful? Before we act upon information of things that we don't know, we got to figure out if, they, if, we, if, if it's true even, right? It's common sense. It's, it's bare bones type information here. Once I figure out if it's true, is it going to be good to benefit to tell everyone about it? Chances are if it's a bad thing, no, it's not. Now, Clearly, we can talk about spiritual authority, and you find out information, you got to let Pastor Cox know that is all right, and that is God, that's, that's all God-ordained. But what I am talking about right now is gossiping and, and talking about your brother, your sister, your family member behind their back, and, and, and saying all these things about them. we got to pass this filter test. Is it true? Is it good? And is it useful? One of the ways the enemy is, the enemy is going to attack mankind is through the simple act of gossip. Gossip leads to uh, disunity. The enemy will use any tactic available to him to try to stop what God is trying to do. He will try to use anyone or anything to try to stop what God is trying to do in someone's life. He will use people that are closest to you to try and hurt you. He will use family members and friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. He will use people who are close to you to try to get the momentum that's going on in your life to stop. That is what the enemy is going to try to do in your life. When those, clo- when those closest to you, they hurt you and they gossip about you and they, they say terrible things about you and they do all these things about you, the question is going to be, what is our response going to be? The Bible talks about turning the other cheek. The Bible talks about loving your enemies and bringing them closer. The Bible talks all about those things. And so the question I got to ask myself, this is a Bible study for myself tonight, is how how am I going to respond when I find out people are saying things about me that are not true? How am I going to respond to my family member when, when, when this comes out that this is not a, a good thing or they've been saying terrible things about my family? How am I going to respond? Because our response matters. Our response matters in when, you are, when you are being offended and when you are being gossiped about. Your response matters. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 19, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. When you're hurt by someone, do you go back and hurt them right back right away? What is the response that you're going to do, and how are you going to respond to the affliction? How are you going to respond to the strife? How are you going to respond to that? Because the Bible says a brother that is offended is harder to be won than a strong city. Once you make that move, once you say that thing back, as you, retali- as you try to retaliate and you have anger and you have bitterness and hatred in your heart, as you say those things to your brother, to your sister, the Bible is very clear. A brother offended is st- harder to be won than a strong city. Your words matter. Jesus cares about what's coming out of your mouth. Jesus cares about that. 
The church of the living God is always meant to be building up. It is never meant to be tearing down people. I, I understand I'm, I'm probably in dangerous territory right now. But when I say this, I just know it's with love and complete compassion based upon what Scripture tells us. When someone walks into our church for the first time or the first month or three months later, they're working on their walk with God. It is our, it is our duty as the church of the living God to build them up and help them and disciple them and get them to the point with God where they can see everything for themselves. That is the job of the church. It is not the job of the church to just cast them down and say, I can't believe they don't have it figured out yet. I can't believe they're still dealing with this and they're dealing with that. That is not the job of the church. It is the job of the church to make sure we are building up our fellow humans. Now, just so we're very transparent, and I do not see this as a glowing issue or a glaring issue in our church whatsoever. In fact, every guest that I talk to that walks into this building, they're talk, they, always, they always mention how friendly we are and how much, we, how much compassion we have. And so I thank God for a church like that. I thank God for that. But let me be clear. The enemy is going to try to cause division. The enemy is going to try to cause disunity. The enemy is going to try to stop what God is doing here because he sees what God is doing here. And it's amazing things. But be, just be careful when people start walking in that don't have the same beliefs as you immediately. Be careful if they don't look the same way as you. God died for them the same way he died for you. We have got to always be building up and not tearing down our, humans, our, our, human, our human humanity. Solomon repeatedly warns against being involved in gossip. He not only condemns the tongue that starts the gossip, but he also praises the tongue that stops the gossip. Proverbs eleven thirteen, it says, A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. A talebearer, a gossiper, he reveals all of the secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit, he conceals the matter. This is why you are my brother and my sister in Christ. When you confide into someone and you say, hey, I really need you to come beside me and pray with me and pray for my family and help me get through this tough time, it's not because they want all that news to be spread across everywhere. It's because they believe in the unity of the brotherhood. They believe in the unity of the church body. And so when I ask you to pray for me, I believe you are praying for me. And when people ask you to pray for them, I believe you're going to pray for them. But then you go to the next verse, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Everyone say safety. Where no counsel is, the people fall. This is why we have a shepherd in our life. This is why we have elders in this church. Where you can go to them and you can, you can ask them for advice and ask him for wisdom and ask him what should we do how should we navigate these things because it is wise to do that the second someone tries to do their own thing and not seek out uh, uh, the wisdom of a, a shepherd or elders I already know they're trying to do their own thing they don't want that counsel they don't want the wisdom from the elder because the bible says they will fall if there's no counsel we must seek out our shepherd we must seek out our brothers and our sisters, the ones who we can confide in to help us. But it says a gossiper will reveal secrets, but those who are entrusted with information, they conceal the matter. 
Now, there is always a place to go to, that's a God-given spiritual authority regarding these matters. When people approach you and they tell you things about this person or that person or whatever is going on, let me be very clear. It's okay to go to our pastor to let him know the details. It's okay to seek out counsel from our pastor and say, Pastor, help me navigate this. Help me help, me help this person get through the situation. It's always okay and always in order to do that. What's not in order is to go to your brothers and sisters just to share the news, to let, the, let everyone know the information of what's going on in someone's life. The Bible says, says in Proverbs 26, 20, it says, Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. There's, it's a very simple statement. Where there is no gossiper, where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. I'm going to give you guys this a revelation from Scripture. This is all about the, the Hebrew. This is, I, I, I'm so smart at this. But when it says that it's, when there's no gossip or no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. When there is no gossiping taking place, the gossiping stops. I went to Bible school for one year for that. I could read this really well. But isn't that interesting, though? That it literally is, is so clear. Where, there, where there's no wood, there's no fire. Where there's no gossiping, there's no gossiping. Right? But we, we come full circle into this whole conversation of the words that can hurt people, the words of mass destruction, and how words can bring life or death. Let's be very clear. Words do mean stuff. And I know that whole saying, sticks and stones may break my bones. Can you finish it? Right. That's what I'm saying. Words do hurt. What people say do, does hurt. There's no question about it. You're not looking at a person that's never been, I've been offended before. I have been hurt by some people's words before, as have you, right? We've all been there. But the question is going to be, how are we going to talk about other people? What words are we going to be speaking? Are we going to be speaking about life or are we going to be speaking about death? Just yesterday, I was at Walmart. I was walking in to buy some uh, wiper blades for my car just because it was raining like crazy for the first time in however, no, I don't know how long it's been, but it's been a long time since we haven't had rain. Uh, but I went in there, I bought some wiper blades for my car, and I was looking at that wonderful guide, you know, putting your finger on the guide, trying to see what size your wipers are to get all that stuff. And, and so I'm out there looking at that, and I'm, I'm scrolling through that paper, and I'm looking at the shelf trying to find the, the right wiper blade size for my car. And, and I hear this mother and, this, and, and a couple children, they walk up behind me. They're, they're just passing by me. Uh, and, and all I hear is this. It was the mother speaking to her two children. She said, your father's a loser. And again, just so we're clear, I have no context of what they're talking about, okay? I have no context of what they're talking about, and so I quit flipping the pages, and I kind of pause. I'm like, okay, what is she going to say now? One of the kids was trying to state the opposite, and uh, that, you know, the, the father wasn't a loser. He was trying to defend his father in that moment. The mother said, no, son, your father is a loser. I have no idea why he is such a loser, now, I have no understanding of what's going on in that family's life. Did the father leave them, abandon them, out of a job? I have no idea what's going on in that home. But what I can say is this. If you are married, how you speak to your spouse matters. If, you have, uh, if you're married and you have kids, how you speak about your spouse to your children matters. 
As I was in that Walmart aisle, my, my, I was just, I was hurt immediately. It, obviously, you guys weren't at senior camp this past year. Brother Kilman did an incredible job teaching every single session at senior camp. But one of the lessons he was talking about the attack on masculinity and how men are being attacked from all different angles. And it was one of the, it was a, such a phenomenal message, such a great lesson for us to learn about. I was telling my wife that, yeah, we, I've always said that, you know, the, the world's going to be gunning for the men. They're trying to go after us and trying to get, get after masculinity and, you know, all the roles and all those different things. And as Brother Kilman broke that down, I have all of a sudden received a, this, a deep burden in regards to this. And the reason is pretty simple. Is that the world is trying to get man, men just to not talk. They're trying to get men just not to try to stand for truth. and not, try, not, not trying to stand for righteousness and trying to stand for the family. We hear about all the negative connotations of what a man is and how, how this, per, this guy left this family, left these kids, did all these different things. But let me be very clear to the church body tonight. You have got to speak life into your marriage. I understand I've been married for 11 years. Not that long. Believe me, I understand that. But one thing I do know is this. Talking bad about your spouse in front of your kids is not going to help your marriage, nor is it going to help their respect to, your, to the spouse as well. That, 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 that story that happened at Walmart, it, it really did move me, and I was just, it hurt me legitimately while I was standing there. But we have got to be able to speak life into our, into our life, into our marriages, into our family, into our children. We've got to speak life. Our words matter because words do hurt, and we remember words. We can forget a lot of things. I, in fact, I'm sure I forget more things than I remember. But there are things that I can still remember going back in the day that so-and-so said about me or this took place in my life. We remember the things that hurt us like that. And so we have got to make sure we are speaking life at all times. Is this all right so far? I know we're going slow tonight, but we're going to go somewhere, I promise you. James chapter 3, it says, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The very next verse says, And the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Here James is saying, when we put the bits in the horse's mouths, they will obey us and they will turn their entire body. James says, think about the ships, when they can be so large, they can handle fierce winds, they can, they can, they can handle fierce things like that, but yet it's just a small rudder to, to, to direct that ship. Then he says, how great a fire can be when it just starts with just a little kindling. But then he says, even so the tongue is a little member, and it boasteth great things. Out of the heart the mouth speaketh. The Bible does talk about how the tongue is the most unruly member of the body. It's one of the hardest things to get under control, which is why he chose speaking in tongues as the evidence, uh, as receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, saying you are submitted to what God is doing. 
That is why God chose that. But James was making a very clear point. While the tongue may be a very small part of your body, it can, it can direct your entire life. When you speak blessings and you speak the good things of God and the grace and mercy of God, God has everything for that. But once we start using our tongue to start gossiping and backbiting and hurting and speaking out against other people and, and we start speaking cursings, that's where things start getting out of control in our life. Words of mass destruction, words can hurt. Words can absolutely hurt. And I felt the Lord just prompting me in my spirit just, just last night to make sure we remember these simple thoughts, these simple concepts that the Bible talks about. We can go to so many different areas where we can seek out help and seek out counsel and seek out all these different things. But the Bible is very clear that it's in our heart that everything is starting. It starts in our heart. God cares about what's in your heart. He cares about what's in your heart so much. You keep on going in James 8 through 12. It says, but the tongue can no man tame. No man can absolutely tame his tongue. It is an unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. Full of deadly poison. Are we going to choose to speak that to our family? Are we going to choose to speak that to our coworkers, to our friends? Are we going to choose to speak the, the cursings and the poison that is so natural to us? Or are we going to allow God to help us? The next verse says, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine or figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. James asks a very serious question here. How can we bless God? How can we praise God with our mouth? But with that very same mouth, we use it to curse men who are made in God's image. James was not messing around in this situation. He was not taking anything for granted. He is, I'm going to make sure it's very clear. Now, I, I understand I'm very dangerous territory tonight. But I will say this that I understand that I have failed in this area, and I thank God for the grace he has given me. But when you offend a brother or a sister, and you say you speak ill will, or you spread things that are not true, and they find out, and there's strife between you, you can ask God for forgiveness all you want, and he will give it to you. But the Bible is very clear in how you need to direct these conversations. You can go to God and ask God for forgiveness, and that's absolutely true. But you must go to the person and ask for forgiveness. So often we try to pull the card of, well, I'm offended and I said this about them and I'm going to ask God for forgiveness. I'm just going to move on with my life. And God says, no, 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 no. You got to go to the person and ask for forgiveness. And that's the hard part right there. I know this is hard teaching tonight. And I really have no idea why God asked me to teach it tonight, if I'm being very honest with you. But James was asking a very serious question there. How can we bless God? How can we praise God? But with that very same mouth, we curse men which are made in God's image. How can out of the same mouth proceed blessing, but not just blessing, but also cursing? Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. 
Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your words matter. How you speak to your children matters. How you speak to your spouse matters. How do you speak to your brother and your family and, your, and all the everyone around you? It matters. Even if no one is watching, even if no one's around you and no one's going to know what you said or did or thought, it's in the heart is what's happening. The Bible is so clear that above all else, guard your heart for everything you do, it flows from it. It flows from it. But yet death and life are in the power of the tongue. We have a choice. Everyone say, I have a choice. I have a choice. Do I choose blessing? Do I choose to say the right things? Do I choose to go down the right path and be the, well, the more responsible, mature adult when situations get out of hand? Or do I fall into the trap and I get into the petty fight and I say mean things that I'm going to regret later? We get a choice. I thank God that he has given us the free will. I thank God he has given us free will to choose what to do. But it comes down to us. It comes down to us. Ephesians 4, 29, Brother TJ, I'm not sure I have all these even in here, if I'm being honest with you. Oh, I do. Praise God. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the heavens, uh, unto the hearers. So you ask me, Pastor, you know, what do we do? How, okay, you're saying life and death and the power of the tongue. How do I speak then? It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is, everyone say good, to the use of edifying, building up, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. I, am, I have received freely grace from God, and I thank God for that. If I have received the grace from God, like that, I need to extend grace to other people as well. If you say, Pastor, how do I, okay, I'm so scared to even speak now. Use it to be building up the kingdom of God. Use it to be extending grace and saying God loves you and God cares about you and, and God can help you through the situation. God can get you through that. Use it for that. But the challenge I am making to the church tonight is simply this. Let's be mindful of what we say. Let's be mindful of how we say things. Now, I have lived here my entire life, and I am a true Minnesotan through and through. The passive-aggressive approach of Minnesotans are phenomenal. I can say it because I have done it way too many times. But just so we're clear, it's always easier to have a very direct conversation than it is to, you know, beat around the bush and try to be passive aggressive about things. I know it's, it's in our nature for whatever reason in Minnesota to do that, but here we are. But let's be mindful of what we say and how we say the things. Let's be reminded that in Proverbs 16, 24, pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. Pleasant words. It's health. Speaking positivity and speaking life-giving life words. It is health to you. Colossians 3.8. But now you also put off all these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. Filthy communication out of your mouth. But put all, put all these things off. Put all the, all the things out of your mind and out of your heart. One of my favorite verses here when, when you're studying this, this conversation about what, what kind of words that you're speaking of is in Colossians 4, 6, where it says, let your speech be always with grace. Let your speech be always with grace. And then it says, seasoned 
with salt, that you may know all how you ought to answer every man. Extend grace. You have been given grace, so you must extend grace. Now, just so we're clear, everyone has bad days. Everyone has bad moments. Everyone has these, these situations where this life's out of hand and things go get crazy. I understand those things. I have said things I don't mean. Believe me. I promise you I have many times in my life. But let's just remember when people are going through a hard time, instead of giving them a hard time about it, just extend grace. That's what Jesus would do. That's what he has done to me and for me. I thank God for that. I have a line here from a book where it says, a person who cannot forgive is a person who's forgotten what they've been forgiven of. A person who cannot forgive is a person who's forgotten what they've been forgiven of. Let's extend grace today. Let's extend grace to every person. Good, the things that are saying positive about you, the ones who are saying bad things about you, just extend grace. That's what Jesus would do. Proverbs 4.23, let's all stand together. Music can come. It says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do, it flows from it. Everything you do flows from your heart. And so again, the idea that, you know what, it's just, it just slipped today. It just came out of my mouth. I wasn't expecting that. We got to do some looking inside of our heart tonight. And I believe God can reveal these things to us. One of the things that I have made a, uh, not, I'm not going to say daily prayer, but a routine prayer in my life is saying, God, expose the things that are in my heart that are not of you. Because if we're all going to be honest tonight, I'm looking at apostolics who have been a part of the church for six months up to many, many years. But the one thing I know is this. Jealousy is it doesn't get always easier as you get older. You still deal with some of these things. You still deal with what so-and-so has and this and what they said, what they do. We deal with those things all the time. Jealousy is something that, we can, that can affect us considerably. But I ask God, Lord, expose the things in my heart because I now know according to Scripture that out of my heart, everything, Above all else, guard your heart, the Bible says. And the way we're going to do this tonight, just so it's not awkward for anyone, I'm going to ask everyone to make their way to the altar tonight. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray that God will expose the things inside of our heart, the things that are inside of our life that are hurting us, that are not helping us. I would like us to find a place to pray. Just somewhere. You can stay standing. You can kneel. whatever Whatever you are comfortable with. But I want us to take a moment tonight and ask God, Lord, expose these things that are not of you in my life. My goal is to be as close to Jesus as possible. My goal is to get my life as close to God as possible. But I can assure you this, when there's anger, there's bitterness, there's hatred, there's jealousy, there's strife, there's all these things that are in your heart, God's got to get rid of those things. The Bible says that his grace and mercy is new every single morning. We can ask God to forgive us today. We can ask God to wipe the slate completely clean, and he will do it in a moment. He is a great God. He is a gracious God. And we must ask God for that tonight. We have got to ask God, Lord, forgive me of all the things that I know of. Forgive me the things that I've done, the things that I've said, the things that I've thought. 
the things that are inside my heart. Let's all pray right now across this sanctuary. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you so much, God, for your mercy in our life. We Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.